All right, let's go with Sunday Poor. Day late here, but hopefully not a dollar short. Let's get started. Albeit late on your Super Bowl week. We'll have a full show on Thursday, all Super Bowl picks, props, you name it. We'll have it all. In the meantime, we will chat a little bit about a football classic today. Get down a little bit. Bring it in. I got to, we got to talk, uh, at least for me, we got to talk, give five minutes um, to uh, Gerald Williams, who died today. Uh, we don't have to get into the full game of his career. There's not much to talk about with Gerald Williams' career, but he was like, uh, I just one of those Yankees from the 90s. Didn't actually win a championship with the Yanks, but we probably don't win a couple of championships without him because we traded, traded him for Bram Lloyd, um, which was huge for the dynasty era. And um, was always just one of those players that was a nice complimentary player, good, you know, decent outfielder, decent stick, nothing special in either regard. But uh, somebody's always going to be well-regarded, I think, with most Yankee fans. I don't think any Yankee fan have a bad thing to say about Jared Williams, other than he couldn't get the ball out of left field fast enough in 95. But Yeah, he did fight Pedro Martinez. That was probably his claim to fame. Yeah, that'll do it. That that makes anybody that that makes him anybody's uh, favorite. <laughs> yeah, t- timing was never his thing. He got traded, uh, I believe it was the middle of '96, and then he came back for his second stint in '01. Yeah. So he he just missed out. I know. He, I think he got a. They gave him a ring in that for '96, but obviously. Oh, they he did. Wasn't oh. there on the bench? Yeah, he wasn't there on the bench though. So it was a little, yeah, a little bit different. And he was actually on the Braves team in '99. Uh, that yeah, lost to the Yanks. So he was he was there. He was there for a Yankee championship, just on the wrong side of things. Yeah, he really bounced around there after the Yankees. He uh, he didn't stay too many places that long. Yeah. Um, another thing is, uh, it's always kind of be remembered as like Jeter's best friend. He was like nobody was ever considered Jeter's friend, but he was considered like inner circle guy. Yeah, Jeter's inner circle is tough to crack. So, you know, obviously, Gerald Williams uh, did something right. You know, I guess he he took him out to dinner when he was a rookie in spring training when Jeter was, like, the new guy, I guess. Yeah. Getting picked on a little bit. Yeah. Uh, It's a hell of a – I mean, hell of a dinner he picked, man, to end up in that guy's, you know, in his circle. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Jeter – not not to take away from Gerald Williams. Did you see the podcast he did with uh, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles? No, I know that they have one. Um, but I didn't know he was on with them, though. Yeah, it's called the Knuckleheads. Right, because the, the thing that they used to do. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Did not even <laughs> put that together. Yeah, they used to – I mean, I just said that they just showed it, but it's like they used to do like the two fists to the forehead after, I don't know, a dunk or something. Yeah. They were the, with the, when they were with the Clippers. Clippers, yeah. yeah. Um, I, so I, I watched it today, listened to it. Quinn Richardson is insufferable. Really? Okay. Yeah, horrible. All right. Uh, Darius Miles comes acl- across well. All right. Did his homework – can put a few words together. All right. Quinn Richardson. I never – yeah. Q was uh, – he was a Nick at the end. 
Yeah, I think Quinton was the better. Player. I didn't really care. I didn't really care for their shtick in L.A. Maybe it was because it was the Clippers and they stunk. And yeah, yeah, they never, they they were never of any importance. But Darius was like, I had a high school guy, high flyer that has never panned out to be anything other than than that, really. That's, um, I mean, that's claim. That's the only thing I could think of is him and Q Rich doing the the knucklehead. I guess yeah, you call it. Yeah, Quinn. Yeah, Quinn was definitely a better player, like over the career. Ah, uh, just broke up there for a second. Sorry. No, I just said Quinn was definitely the better player over the career. Uh, yeah, probably. I couldn't tell you any of their career stats, but that sounds right. I think he played longer. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Finished up with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Which gives him his uh, New York ties. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys who uh, I'm not a big guest guy on podcasts. Obviously, we've had like two in two years, but uh, one. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he's like one of those guys who just talks over his guests, mm. and before he could even finish ant- asking the question, he's answering it, <laughs> kind yeah. of throwing alley oops to himself. Why was Jeter on it? Because is, is that is that podcast done through the Players Tribune? Is that why Jeter was on it? Yeah, I mean he's their boss, I guess, right? He owns the yeah. Players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jeter wasn't. I don't see Jeter doing like pardon my take or anything. Like he nah. went on there as a he went on there, yeah, because it's his guys. Right, right, right. Yeah, I can see him doing like a Sunday pour or something classy like that, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean nothing but love, but yeah, he's not coming up. No, <laughs> no, probably not. Um, what did you hear? Anything? Anything? Like what, what? What did he talk about the lockout at all, or did they can't really? Did he kind of sit behind? They can't talk about it because it's not settled. You talk about they. Uh, they didn't ask him about the. I don't even know if sure those guys mean. knew. I don't even know if those guys knew there's a lockout. I thought you talking about his career, basically. Yeah, his career uh, playing in New York. A little bit about. Um, a little bit about like owning the Marlins now. Yeah. Um, nothing. I don't think it was anything people haven't heard before, but it was just you know it was. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard Jeter do anything, like media related, longer than like a ten minute post game interview. Yeah, and this one he can definitely maneuver. Uh, what is asked, right? Because of you know any regular schmall gets a mind and be like, look, all right, we got to talk about Jessica Alba. We got to talk about Mariah Carey. You know, we got to run down the list. <laughs> yeah, there was no ex-girlfriend discussed. I, I don't know if that was a pre-game uh, meeting between those guys. Where... I'm sure it's off limits. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's off limits. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he can control exactly what's asked of him. So, yeah, I don't know why I would expect anything other than uh, the most basic questions to be asked. Yeah, and I that was the it was the right two guys to go on because they you know they're not gonna sit there and be like like two fanboys either like hey game two ninety nine right full right. count no they're yeah. not asking they're not asking any of that <laughs> yeah it'll be a it'll be like a comic con for Yankee fans exactly exactly it's very like general it was still cool though it was still cool yeah to hear like a laid back interview. Because you okay. never hear that with him. Any Hall of Fame talk? No Hall of Fame talk. Wow. None. I need. I don't even need. He like, he, he did he did make like comparisons to his day and uh, 
you know, his, his day, which wasn't even that long ago, 20, 25 years ago to the current day. Mm-hmm. And he, he was talking about how, uh, you know, Steinbrenner got on him early in his career. And it wasn't even that early. I think it was after they had won, like, all the championships, about, like, going out and partying. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, I, I wouldn't have lasted. I, he's like, I don't know how long it would have lasted in these days with, like, the camera phones. Yeah, yeah. He's like, because there was plenty of nights where, like, we would go out. I think he referenced one night where it was, like, a bunch of them went out and they didn't have a game the next day and they were leaving, like, bar, club, three in the morning. It's like nowadays that's all he nowadays that would have been all over the place. Oh yeah. Yeah, he guys true. He he kind of looked out. He he had almost no media coverage of any salacious activities. I mean, really. And it yeah, it's kind of amazing because there's no, one thing the media loves to do is build up these heroes and then tear them down. Uh, and he almost I mean, they had a little bit like with like the gift baskets and shit, but I mean, really <laughs> yes. for the most part he was protected. Yeah, well, he he said in the podcast, he's like, I learned one thing, you know, I saw myself on page six a few times, like, just never defend yourself, just ignore it. Yeah, that's it. Like you're if you, if you're just constantly deeper. defending yourself, you're going to dig yourself a hole, and they're just going to end up making up something new about you. Yeah. So. Right, you engage, and it gives them kind of carte blanche to do it again, because they got what they wanted, they got a reaction out of you. Right. But, right, Exactly. And some people eat that shit up. Some people, I mean, if they're in page six, it's like the highlight of their life, and they that's they dig their heels into it, and they go, they go hard, hoping to get back into page six again next Sunday. You know? Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, interesting stuff. If you're a Jeter, Mark, it's worth the listen. Just you got yeah. you got to get through Quinn Richardson. <laughs> I might I might listen just to hear what, how Q Ridge handles it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Ah man. So um not to make it about the old days and now, but like there really is no need for a player like Gerald Williams today. Kind of unfortunate. I mean he was just a middle of the pack. I'm there's probably a few kind of outfielders like that, I guess, but I mean now unless you're bringing like a specialty to the table, either you're a guy who bashes, you're a guy who's who's a A plus outfielder, I feel like you have to be a special a specialist at this point. And something. I'm not sure there's a lot of guys like what was uh, it, a two thirty hitter who can kind of he, I always looked play. at him as more of a uh he's like a veteran presence kind of guy, like a clubhouse. Sure. Kind of like yeah. what the Yankees have turned Gardner into the last, you know, five years they've signed him to a one year deal or whatever. Right, yeah. But, but yeah. Gardner's but, a better player than Gerald Williams, but sure. you get my point. Yeah, with lesser with less of a role as well. <laughs> I mean, Gerald Williams would not have a role of Gardner at any point in his career. He would not match up playing time with Gardner. Right. Because like, my first memory of the Yankees, Gerald Williams is probably the lead – might even be the leadoff hitter. Uh, I mean, they weren't very good. Uh, what, when did he start? Was he on the, like, 93 team? He was before that. I think he 92? was, like, 91, 92. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. So he really was – well, he's 55. I was, wait, it's crazy. It's crazy young. Um, so he was born what year? So you figure – because he was drafted by the Yankees. I'm pretty sure he came up through the system. So yeah. he was born in 22 minus – so 70 – no, my math's off. 
67. 67. Jesus, 67. So, yeah, so that makes sense. So, 91, 92, he's like 24, 25. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he was the everyday left fielder until O'Neill got there. Yeah, I know O'Neill started left in left field in 93, Bernie O'Neill, and who I don't know who was in right, Tartable. So he was basically yeah. a fourth outfielder. I mean, his most of his career is a fourth outfielder, Gerald Williams. Yeah, probably. And Louis Polonia was there in 95. 90, he was definitely there in 95. That was yeah. probably his first so he, year. So, yeah, he always, had, he always had other guys around him. But, uh, yeah, cards dropped a little bit differently. You know, he, he'd be there for a couple of championships. But, and he, you know, they needed him. You know how else is in that? You know who else was in that trade to get Bob Wickman? Bob, Bob Wickman. You know who else the who else the Brewer sent over? Uh, who the Brewer sent over? I don't think he ever saw a day in pinstripes. Graham Lloyd. Yeah. And there's two. There's one or two other guys. It was two. I don't remember who the other one was, but it was like this guy was in the deal, but then went back to the Brewers. Um, and the Yanks had somebody else. I don't know. How, I don't know how that worked. I just kind of looked at it quickly today. But I guess he was in the original deal, but I don't think he ever saw a day in pinstripes. I uh, I I don't know who is it. He was a rookie of the year. Oh, uh, rookie of the year in what year? Uh, I don't know. That give it away. Early nineties, <laughs> mid mid to early nineties. There's some gross rookie of the years. There's one of them. Pat Listash. Yeah, yeah, yep. Well, all right, yeah. Ninety-two, I think, rookie of the year. I think the only more disgusting rookie of the year I could think of from that era was uh, a guy in the Royals. You know what I'm talking about? You pull this name. Royals right? yeah, in the '90s. Yeah, I think I, I think I have the name right. Yeah, Royals in the '90s. I was thinking of Todd Hollinsworth, Dodgers, 94. No, the Dodgers had a run. Right? They Dodgers had here. four in a row, I think. Yeah. Right? Piazza. Nomo. Nomo won one? Yeah. Eric Karros. Eric Karros, yep. Uh, all right, so I'm stalling. Uh, Royals. Yeah. If you get this one, this guy had one good one good year. It was rookie year, I think. I don't think he had a year that well, matched. It must have been, yeah. I hope I have the name right. I'll be an idiot if I don't. I'll look it up to be sure. <laughs> you know, when I think Royals rookie of the year, I think Angel Baroa. He <laughs> stole was, it from Matsui. It was not Angel Baroa. And I think Mike Sweeney. It was not Mike Sweeney. Who had more than one good year. Uh, and I and look, and if you listen to the show, you have got to Google, Google this guy. Because when you look at him and the pictures that come up, you cannot believe this guy was a major league ball player was rookie of the year and uh it's just it's kind of an amazing sight to see. All right, yeah, you gotta give it to me. I'm I'm blanking. His name was Bob Hamlin. Oh yeah, Bob <sighs> Hamlin. Big guy, right? Yeah, big guy does not look anything. that's it, that name, you can't be a small guy. That's, good, Bob that's a good Hamlin. Point. Yeah, sure. This guy should be a super fan with the uh, uh you know Saturday Night Live with the the Bears. That's where he belongs. Big glasses, too. I forgot this guy. Yeah, this is a... Uh, New Jersey's off. Wow, yeah, he looks like a Jersey guy. <laughs> 93, 94 rookie of the year. Yep. 
And he was out of the league by 98. Yeah. Almost almost didn't match his home runs in uh, 94, the rest of his career combined. Almost. Still did, but. It's a few guys like that. They win rookie of the year, then that's it. Yeah. 282. Eric Kinski. Oof, that's a bad one. Yeah, I won know. a bunch of championships though. Somehow hung around. Just yeah, be in the right place at the right time. He didn't go to three or no, maybe he went to a he was on the 08 Rays and the 09 Yankees. He's hung around. Yep, yep, yep. In baseball more than any other sport. Guy'll come out of nowhere and then that's it. Yep. Yeah, you'll see. And a lot that's of why I have such a hard time remembering rookies of the year in baseball. Because there's, yeah. there's a few bad ones. I'm not sure why I remember Hamlin. I think it's because it was, I was 12 years old. Like I was just eating up everything baseball. You had his baseball yeah. card probably. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. He's went through a bunch of them within the past year or two. Where I don't remember seeing a Bob Hamlin, but <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah. uh, see, I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of guys like this. It's baseball more than any other sport. I mean, Marty Cordova in 95. Oof, Marty Cordova. Indians? Uh, I think Twins. All right, whatever. Ben Grieve? Ben Grieve had a couple decent years. He was serviceable. Lefty, A's. Yep. Uh, we talked about Angel Barreau. Bobby Crosby on the A's. He was one of those guys who... Yeah, that's that was it. For Andrew him. Andrew Bailey. Andrew Bailey. He's he's still pitching in Oakland. Is he still? I don't know if he's still pitching. I probably drafted him in fantasy. Yeah. There's a lot a lot of bad ones. Who who won? Wait, who who won the year that Pat Listash won? Who won in the? Here. AL. Eric Karros. Oh, he was the NL. Because it was, okay, the Brewers in the AL at that point. Yeah, hello. Yeah. And who won the year that Hamlin won? Hamlin was 94. That was uh, Raul Mondesi. Oh, all right. It's not bad. Yeah, the NL has a little bit more impressive run. Yeah, that Nomo Piazza Karros is pretty good. Yeah, and then you know Scott Rowland won one. Kerry Wood, who flamed out a little bit, but he was still better than you know the yeah, guy yeah. to this day in the AL. Yeah. Uh, Jason Jennings. That's not a great one. Nope. <laughs> I don't even remember that guy. Jeez. Dontrell Willis. Yeah, I mean that's more exciting than anything. This really, goes to show you, I mean, guys who have won it recently, you, you think they're going to have these long, mm-hmm. big-time careers, but you don't know. Oh, yeah. No, you never know. I mean, and think about, uh, I mean, uh, I guess like like Schwarber had, and have, is, that, is having a decent career, right? But like Schwarber, when he was big in the World Series, like there was no guarantee that guy was going to come back and, and be – or even the guy um, recently had an amazing World Series for the Rays. What's his name? A Rose Arena. Yeah, Rosarena. Yeah, it made he's the reigning AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, they won. He yeah. So, I mean, so maybe that was a bad example as he came out. But I mean, even still, like, there's no guarantee that he's going to come out and have a good year at all. No. 
Oh, no, nah, baseball straight. Are, it's going around over here. Jeez. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, that's one thing where I think, uh, you should, you do, you should get points for being able to be, uh, have a little bit of longevity. Yeah, for sure. It shouldn't be like the make or break for a Hall of Famer because there are compilers, but there's a lot of guys who by the time they're 30, like Mark Teixeira would have been a Hall of Famer if he didn't crap out at 32 or whatever it was. Yeah, very true, very true. A lot of guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is um, It is a fickle sport. And it, could just, it can leave you any moment. Like, like Rick Ankiel, man, that, that guy was – was great for what, a year and a half, maybe. Yes. And, and then just like, just completely lost it. It's a fickle sport. It is fickle. You fail. That's what Jeter said in the, they, so they asked them, they asked Jeter, they were like, what do you think, what do you think uh, someone off the street would have a easier time do, doing, scoring a point in an NBA game or hitting a fastball? Jeter was like, easily scoring in an NBA game. <laughs> yeah, the way you play defense. <laughs> yeah it's like I, I, you get a you know you lay up or whatever it's like it's like nothing harder than hitting a baseball <laughs> yeah it's he's probably right i mean i, I, gotta go uh, I think it's definitely the hardest thing in sport it has to be the hardest thing oh you get a hundred like with movement you're fucked man there's it's no terrible yeah, it's terrifying there's no way yeah yeah i don't think if god forbid it gets away from me you gotta get out of the way of that yeah that's the scariest part. Like I can take my hacks, but I mean, if I don't know where the ball is going, like I'm in, uh, I'm in no man's land. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping out of my shoes. And yeah, and you're not even like you could. Let's say you go up there and you know it's coming right down Broadway. Like you could start your swing so early, even if you get a piece. What do you think? You think you're hitting a rope somewhere? Like you're not doing any. You're not doing anything with that ball. I don't care how early you start your swing, how hard you swing. You're not doing anything with it. I would, I would take a foul tip. Oh, yeah, I would absolutely take a foul, foul tip into the mitt. I'm fine with that. Not that it's any comparison, but when we were in college, we used to play a game called uh, Fast Pitch Indoor Overball. And uh, <laughs> self-explanatory, we were about, I would say about 12 feet mound to pitcher's mound to plate. 12 feet? Uh, maybe, yeah. We were we were on top we were on top of it, man. It was like it was a room. We said one yeah. room just for this, and uh, you just wind up and hurl it as fast as you could, and and yeah, dude, start early. Hope it didn't hit you in the head. It was wolf ball, so we pegged each other all the time. But yeah, it was really just trying to get a piece. That was it. Getting a piece was a win. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody struck out. <laughs> yeah, I had like, I had like, I mean, it sounds like it. We did it for uh, like two months because we got kicked out of that place, but um, can't imagine why. But um, I had one hit the whole time. I think that's, I think that was the most hits anybody had. And it was like a double hit off the bat, up the, like, you know, obviously over the guy's head, over the pitcher's head. No, <laughs> no foul balls. Into the other. No, they, <laughs> there was no room for foul balls. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I had like foul tips. We all had like a couple of foul tips, like back into the window. I mean, brilliant. No, I mean, like, I mean, like, no, like any anything. The whole feet, the whole room was a field of play. Yeah, basically. If yeah. it went forward, if it went forward, it was in, it was in play. Yeah, I don't think. I'm not sure anybody else had a hit. There might have been one other person with one hit. I think there might have been two of us with a hit, with a hit. 
So just you know, two in, two in the morning, we come back, come back, all hyped up, whatever. Oh, you start just firing it. Like, I remember my arm hurting me next the next day a couple times. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, get get those, man. You feeling feeling your oats a little bit, and then. But next yeah, day, I mean, I mean, if that if that's any indication of how hard it is it a actual fastball, uh, yeah, it, we'd be in trouble. Uh forget it. Yeah, there's no way, not happening. No. Um, <clears throat> that being said, you leave me open at the elbow. There's a chance I might make it. Right. I'm at least hitting the rim. Get fouled. Yeah, maybe line. Get Yep. <laughs> I, maybe a lot of different ways. Go one out of two from the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you grow up shooting a basketball in your backyard. You don't grow up at any point facing major league pitching. No, no, geez. Not, nothing even close. No, the best pitcher I ever faced, I didn't touch. <laughs> and, I, and I think the kid did get drafted, but never got past, like, never got past, like, single A. There, actually, there actually, actually caught him. I could barely catch him. Like I, oh, yeah. I caught him for a few innings, and when I, when I first went to warm him up, it was like, oh, this is going to be trouble. Kid's name was Too Billy. much movement. Billy Um. No, I just gets gets on you so quick and uh wasn't used to it. Like I, I eventually settled in, but like when I first did, like the first couple like popped right out of my glove. I was like, oh, he's really this is not nobody at my school had this kind of gas. <laughs> yeah. So, but once you gotta I hit the target. Up, you better hit the target or else it's not getting caught. <laughs> no, no, I did all right. He wasn't throwing like ninety nine or anything. And once once I got my timing down, but I think he was like shaking his head. The fuck did they put this kid behind there for? <laughs> but uh, that was like a sabotage his career. Yeah, it was my fault. Let's see if there's even anything on this guy. Billy Um, that was his name. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> well, he's too long a, ago. He's got a Twitter, and it's gonna jeter. Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's um. Oh yeah, this is him. Born in Pine Plains. Graduate, two thousand. Yeah, so this is him. I think he's a he's a phys ed teacher now. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm assuming that's him. Still telling war stories to his students. Probably telling the same story you just told. <laughs> the schmuck caught me in a fall ball game. I had to take I had to take it. I had to take it off. Uh, take off a few MPH just to. Not embarrass this schmuck. <laughs> yep. Yeah, nothing about his um, career, though. <clears throat> did you uh, did you turn on the Pro Bowl for a second on Sunday? No, I did not. Nope. I saw a second of it. It's. I'm at the point now where I think they should definitely do – I don't know if I said this idea on the show or off the show. They should just do seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, I don't even think you, you need a real uh, a football field for it. They should do like arena, an, an arena football, like a 50-yard field, seven-on-seven mm-hmm. seven flag football, and just anybody could play any position. You could have like linemen out there playing quarterback. Mm, that'd be cool. Yeah, 
just just scrap the whole game. Do yeah. Right? Maybe to make it fair, you had oh, if a lineman's in there at wide receiver, you got to put like a defensive lineman on. Can't put Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Why not? Yeah, and you have oh, you know, you have. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I guess I shouldn't use Alvin Kamara as an example right now, but <laughs> like you could you, you could put whoever in the game. You know what I mean? Uh, Let's let's say it's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's going to play a, a play at a quarterback. He's going to go in there and mm-hmm. sling it around. Take a couple snaps, yep. Yeah, why not? It's flag football. I mean, you don't have to worry about anybody getting hurt. I mean, I guess, you know, there's still the LCL or sprained ankle. Yeah, but, but nobody's going full speed, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a fun it's – a, it's a pickup football game like you played growing up. Like, I, there's a chance – I watch that. I'm not going to sit there and watch Tolton, but you know, it, it'll, it, I might put it on for a possession or two. It's, it's definitely more honorable than calling it a, a football game and doing what they do now. Right. They don't even like, tackle really now, right? They just kind of. I don't know. So I did see like a highlight of it. I think it was Mahomes' pass, maybe. And it was basically just everybody kind of faking a, a pass rush. Right, it's flag football. Uh, yeah, I don't Let's know. Let's do it. Actually, I don't know if anybody ever actually got hit. But yeah, why not do flag football? Where actually, you know, if we're maybe it would count. Not count, but maybe it would do would crazy like, rules like Rock and Jock used to do MTV. Yeah, do crazy why, shit. Yeah, why not? Right. No, this whole mo is season's over. Nobody wants to get hurt. Have a little fun with it. Yeah, they, they don't. It. They don't. They don't do it in Hawaii anymore, do they? I don't think so. Why did they stop that? Was that a travel thing? Where where were they? I don't know. I don't even know. Maybe Vegas. Vegas sounds like it could be right. I think it was Vegas. It's got to be somewhere west. It's got to be somewhere warm. Florida, California. Yeah. Vegas, Arizona. I I think it was Vegas for sure. Um. Yeah. Sorry, Ben catches. They do like skills challenge. They do skills challenges too, right? Uh, yeah. I can't. Oh, it was in uh, Texas, Allied. Oh. oh, no, sorry, Vegas. Oh. Allied Giant Stadium. Allegiant. Allegiant is out. It <laughs> 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 tough word. It's been a long time since you had one of those. <laughs> that was pretty good. Al uh, Davis yeah. Stadium. <laughs> that's what it yeah that's that's what it should be yeah absolutely justin herbert was the mvp offense offensive mvp uh, i wish i put money on it i want to put it all on game, herbert game went well over um i kept getting updates on my phone on the nhl all-star game i don't know why but like it was somebody's trick shot whatever the skills competition was on friday maybe i kept getting updates on that it was very strange. And I haven't watched an NHL game, NHL All-Star game in years. No, me neither. Did they do a outdoor game on New Year's Day today? This year, I mean, today. Uh, they did something. In, uh, didn't they do it in Minnesota? Oh, this is the first time I've missed it in years. What yeah. is that called? The Winter Classic. Yeah, Winter Classic. Yeah. I want to say it was in – I want to say it was in Minnesota. I 
double check that quick. Yeah. Oh man. Minnesota, St. Louis. And uh um, Target Target Field. Yeah, Target. Ah, oh, that sucks. I wish I saw that. Yeah, I can't wait. I missed that. First time I've I've missed it in years. I usually always tune in for a little bit. YouTube. It was on YouTube? No, I'm saying you can go probably watch a condensed version right now on YouTube. Uh, I don't. It's not. It kind of loses its uh, appeal. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not New Year's Day anymore. And or I honestly don't remember this happening either. I don't know how I pulled Minnesota out. Yeah, it's pretty good. But it was in prime time. I remember. Yeah, I do remember it being in prime time. Not that I watched it, but huh. it was. The, it was the first one they put. I think they put it like six, seven o'clock at night. Well, the one they did in Lake Tahoe, was that last year, two years ago? One they did Lake Tahoe had all kinds of problems, ended up being in prime time. But I think. Yeah, I, that's why they did that, because they were trying to avoid a repeat of <laughs> the Lake Tahoe one, which was, was that the Blackhawks and somebody? That I remember. But yeah, it was the, the, the sun was too. The sun was out. <laughs> that was a problem. Yeah, I turned it on. I remember turning it on, and nothing was going on. And there was some sort of thing going across the bottom of the screen, like, you know, starting back up in five hours. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. It started like 11 o'clock at night or something. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy delay. <laughs> like, All right. <laughs> Hang in there. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. There's diehards. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, there's probably nothing there. It wasn't like a real arena or stadium. I mean, was, you can't, like, go get a hot dog and a beer. Or maybe you could, but, I mean, how many hot dogs and beers do they bring in for this one game in Lake Tahoe? Yeah, I wonder what they did, if it was, like, food trucks or how they went about it. Because it's not, it's not a traditional stadium. Just about Yale, Yale Harvard feels like, it's, feels like they have one game a year uh, in that stadium, but it's just – don't we have one game of this magnitude every two years? Yeah. Like the lines are ridiculous. The, the service is atrocious. And there's uh, really just it, – it's, it's, it's a madhouse because nobody knows what they're doing. And, and uh, nobody is prepared to help you out in any kind of way. Um, I would imagine Lake Tahoe is similar to that. The Yale Probably. Home. Oh, it is the NHL, but yeah, it's probably not. I don't, I don't even know how many people it holds. I don't think it was that many. I mean, that was not a big crowd. It's a hot oh, oh, was, You know what? It was also COVID. They might not have had a crowd. Oh, yeah, that could have been it. All that for nothing. Scrap that. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing, Yale Harvard, though. There's, the, the lines are... It's like they forget how to do it every year. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, not, never prepared. I was already looking at the schedule for next year. There's only like four home games, you know, like three, four home, four home games, and three of them are scheduled. One is to be determined. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Prince, Princeton will be the homecoming game. Yeah, they're at Holy, they're at Holy Cross. Oh, uh, big rematch. <laughs> to start. Yeah, um, yeah. Harvard is in Harvard. We know that. 
Uh, Dartmouth, I think Dartmouth was in coming to New Haven. Brown's coming to New Haven. So yeah, it's all the opposite of last year, which I already forgot about who yeah. was was where. But I always remember Harvard and Princeton just because it's the last two games of the season. Right. So <clears throat> just getting ahead. We might have a. Um, remind me to shout this person out on uh, Thursday, but we might have uh, a new guest for. Um, for next year for a Yale game. Uh, oh, saw, wow. Saw him this weekend. He was all about it. All about oh, coming to town. Big into it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he seemed pretty excited when I mentioned it to him. For, for Princeton. Princeton, that's the game. All right. Mark your, mark your calendars. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't expect Yale Harvard, but they'll, uh, they'll be able to take a piss. He really appreciated it. Yeah, he appreciated the trough, and he appreciated the Travis Best story. So... We'll see if uh, that's enough to get them next fall. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's all we'll say. I'll, I'll shout him out for the Super Bowl show. I'll see if I get him, uh, see if we can quote him on something for the game uh, on the show. And I'll. Uh, oh, did he get, did he give you his pick for the Super Bowl? No, no, not yet. Not yet. Uh, but I'll see if I can get something out of him for Thursday. Uh, uh, he kind of, he plays you know, close. You know where you're, you know where you're going with the, with the, with the game yet? Yeah, I know where I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for the. I'm ready for Thursday's picks. Yeah, I'm ready to, ready uh, to go. Unless something changes, like I'm still looking at it. But I mean, I'm pretty sure. I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm locked in. Uh, betting it and uh, going all the way with it. Yeah. You? You still need time? Mull it over. Uh, no, I think I know. All right. All right. Well, there you go. There's a little teaser. Stay tuned. Sunday pour next. Show we'll have Super Bowl picks, we'll have props and uh, general, general Super Bowl. I don't know. Yeah, what's the word? Panther. I've avoided. Yeah, I've avoided everything basically. Yeah, I haven't seen anything, heard anything. I heard like a quick a 2020 update at some point that went into it a little bit. But other than that, I have not seen any of the media day stuff, any of the interviews. Um. No, I've tuned it all out. I, I don't know anybody's reaction, Tom Brady or Ryan Flores or Alvin Kamara. I don't know. I don't know anybody said about anything. Nothing. Nothing. I've avoided it all. Only thing I know is Jarvis Landry, like, posed as a reporter to tell Odell uh, he was proud of him or something. I don't know. Uh, it's cute. Very cute, yeah. <laughs> Bless up, Jarvis, whatever his thing was. Yeah. Um, so, but – in the meantime, we'll talk some fake football as uh, we both watched in preparation uh, for the big game. We both watched um, – I don't know, it's not really a classic. But maybe I, The things I was reading about any given Sunday, it seems like people either really dug it or people just really didn't – people thought it was kind of mediocre. Nobody really uh, hated it, I don't think. Um, but I got that – that kind of – it was either right in the middle and there were a couple people who really liked it. I mean, I liked it. I don't think it's a great movie. It, it's uh, – I mean, it's a loaded cast, so you're going to get – you know, it's filled with big actors, uh, ex-athletes, mm-hmm. current athletes. Like T- Terrell Owens shows up out of nowhere. R- Ricky Waters, I think, was still playing at the time. Yeah. He's in it. Uh, so it's just like one after the other when you're watching the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 
It's, uh, I mean, what are the classic, what are the real classic football movies? Like Best, like Rudy? Yeah, Rudy and um, Longest Yard. Uh, All right, so is it, fair to, is, it fair to, yeah, is it fair to call this one a notch below? Um, not, I mean, no, it's just, it's different. It's not like an inspiring tale of overcoming the odds. You know, it's not a feel-good story of any kind. It's really, it tries to be, it, it tries to, it tries to fit into like a four weeks of a season or five weeks of a season. Um, yeah. Like the ups and downs, the sacrifices, like the real gritty parts of professional football. Um, it tries to tell, I mean, it's not, it's, it's way too dramatized to be a true, like the, the true tales of it, but it tries to fit like all these things. What's Overstone? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's even still, I think it's even loaded a little bit for him. There's a lot going on even for him. It's really a chaotic movie. Um, but he, he, touch, he touches on concussions. He touches on race. He touches on health. Um, you know, the whole James Woods character, you know, that, that, that was kind of, that was pulled from like the Raiders doctor in the eighties. Um, yeah. Harvey Mandrake. Right. Yep. Um <laughs> It's uh, he, he tries to just kind of get everything that makes up the sport, like all the sacrifices that kind of go into it, um, health-wise, personal-wise. Also kind of a little bit of a love letter to, to professional football. I mean, it's kind of like accepting it for having all these, I don't know if you want to call them atrocities, but I mean – you know, LT with the concussions, that's something that's always kind of there, but we accept um, and kind of celebrate. I mean, there's LT, we're cheering him off the field, right? If if he was trying to make it that bad, LT would have died, right? Right then and there. Um, <laughs> you know, Pacino fires James Woods. I mean, if, if there's any truth to it, he would have uh, resigned in shame. <laughs> yeah. You know, not, not, um, not kind of get in his big send off. And by the way, let me just say something about James Woods. The guy can go toe to toe with any big time actor. You you put you give him you give him the material and you put him in there. I mean that's the best scene in the movie. I think other than the Pacino speech at the end, I think of the, course I think the the James Woods gets fired scene is the best in the movie. He goes toe to toe with Pacino. It's, it's he's, he's great. He goes after him. I mean like he does he doesn't back down from him at all. I mean he just. Uh, he, he spars with the heavyweights when he's when he's given the opportunity. James Woods can can do it with the best of them. He's a pro, Woods. I mean, he's just a yeah. professional. He yeah. can do it all. Yeah, and he's of really course, just a great scumbag. Plays plays yeah. an amazing scumbag. All time, all time scumbag. Yeah. First yeah. ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to yeah, there's a scumbag in our script. I'm going to James Woods. He is definitely. There should be an award named after him. It should be an Oscar. Yeah, it should be the um, Lester Diamond Award for sure. That's what it should be. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the of course, biggest scumbag should be the Lester Diamond Award, named in honor of James Woods. It was a pleasant surprise to see him because I had forgotten. I had actually forgotten more about this movie than I realized. Okay. I mean, the movie comes down to the speech at the end. That's I, I've watched that speech hundred a hundred times, and I get goosebumps every time. It yeah, is oh, just, yeah. it's it's that that speech that scene everything about it is just tailor-made for pacino yeah Perfect. that's that's you know what i mean that scent of a woman pacino that's like 90s 
Pacino just unhinged, you know, off is fucking off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously that's what I remember about the movie. I remember, you know, the Willie Beeman, uh, Dennis <laughs> Quaid, like a little quarter, yeah, little, yeah, little quarterback controversy. Um, but you know what I what I had forgotten a little bit about. I almost think this movie is a little bit ahead of its time with like the aging coach and um, you know, him being loyal to a fault and refusing to kind of mm-hmm. change his uh, you know, kind of adjust with the times and play like the more mobile quarterback, you know, sticking yep. with his guy. Yep. And some of it kind of uh, rank true to like what's going on today where like the, the whole position has changed at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I thought like a lot of it was on display in this movie, you know, years. I mean, you had Michael Vick in the early 2000s. Like you had more guys running around. I mean, you had Randall Cunningham all the way back in like the 90s. So it's not like we, uh, any given Sunday, it was the first time we ever saw a quarter, like a mobile quarterback. But yeah, who, it was like, now who, here we are 20 years later. And it's like, you have to be able to run around now to be a quarterback. Who were, who were, it was like Cordell Stewart, because this movie came out in 99, right? So it was Cordell. Yeah. Like, like, there wasn't that many, like, mobile. Warren Moon could move, but he was older at the time. Yeah, um, I never really looked at him as a mobile guy. It's, it's Cordell's probably the guy. Um, there weren't that many. I mean, there really weren't that many. No. So, well, Steve Young a little bit. Yeah, no, Steve Young, yeah, for – for the times, he was um, considered to be a, a running quarterback. Yeah, not very fast by today's standards, but no. he was definitely a guy who could take off. He's got some crazy – I think there's one against, like, the Vikings in the early 90s, some, like, 40-yard touchdown run in overtime or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, those guys were those guys were definitely few and far between. It was, you know, everyone was like Marino, Favre. You know, guys like that, like pocket guys, Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. They were statues back there. Yeah. And, of course, uh, the, which, the, the rise of Willie Beeman is like 150 miles an hour. He's a third-string yeah. quarterback. He wins two games. He's got videos and endorsements. I guess it's not how it happens. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, it's – Well, uh, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> well, he's a little bit different, right? He was a top, top yeah. pick and – um, came came out of school with a little more fanfare. And, you know, it wasn't like he came off the bench. He was a name when he got into the league. This guy came off the bench, won two games, and he was doing music videos. So it was like, you know, they, they try and, like, speed up the whole process for the benefit of the movie, which I don't know if they needed to do that. But I think there's probably enough with, like, the aging coach dynamic and, you know, who do you – who do you – uh who do you play come the playoff time? The guy, the guy who's been winning or the guy you trust. There's probably plenty to do with that, but he wanted to get into the NFL culture even more. So it didn't, didn't, didn't necessarily have to be about like relationships, which I think personally I would have liked better, but he wanted to get into yeah. the, the culture of it. And that, that's the kind of stuff you had to do. Um, yeah. The Willie Beeman story is kind of what Jets fans like were kind of crossing their fingers about with Mike White. They were kind of hoping Mike White would take off and, they yeah, figured he'd have they figured he'd have a Nike endorsement by game number four. You know? he, he he would have some he would have some New York endorsements uh, by game four if he if you went three and zero for sure, <laughs> or at least two and one with a hard fought one. You know, 
<laughs> on Thursday yeah. Night Football, but I, that one didn't wasn't meant to be. But yeah, I can actually see in New York maybe maybe mid season I could see something, right? Because I mean, what was? Because like Jeremy Lin, that's like the flash in a pan that came out of nowhere. Not flash in a pan. He's better than flash in a pan. But um, well, came out. Yeah, a little bit better. Right, I think he had a he's gonna have a great career, but he had a, he was serviceable after the Knicks. He didn't like disappear after the Knicks. No, the Knicks didn't do any didn't didn't do him any favors. But so um, you're trying to think of like a one hit wonder kind of guy who was kind of built up and then. Well, just just that that rose that quickly, and I don't know I don't know if Lynn had like an endorsement by the All Star break that year or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, I could think of a Yankee, but it's probably not on the level of Willie Beeman. Who, Kevin Moss. Oh, Moss, yeah. Probably yeah. didn't get he, he wasn't quite as big as well, – he Moss, didn't take I mean, over the town the way Lynn did, though. No, 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 not at all. A little bit different, you know, different sport. But Jabba maybe – Jabba maybe more so than Moss because he kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, Jabba – When he, when he came up, when, when he came up. When he first came up, he took the Yanks by he took the Bronx by storm. Yeah, um, it it happens more than we think, I think, and usually the guys kind of just I, fade I, away. I don't think okay, maybe, maybe just maybe NFL football quarterback. Maybe that's where I'm. My head's at. I think it could happen other. It has happened other places, but I think it's really tough for a quarterback to come out of nowhere, have little a little success in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Well, I get. I don't know because it's like a dynasty team. So maybe, maybe if it's like the Giants, or maybe if it's like the Cowboys, or maybe if it's um, you know the Steelers or one of these teams, maybe it's a little different. I think the Sharks are meant to be one of those teams, right? Because they've 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 won a couple rings. Yeah, they've got, they've got this quarterback uh, with a couple MVP, three MVPs under his belt. Um, so I think they're meant to be this. Uh, this um, I don't know, this like shining light of a franchise on the, in this league, who's um, kind of like on the downturn, aging yeah. quarterback and yep. trying to figure out, yeah. So I guess if it's one of those teams, maybe there's there's a chance, um, that that the kid kind of blows up a little bit, but I'm not sure. Also, their bye week was like week sixteen or something. What was that? Oh, is that what it was? I I think I missed that. They had a bye that late in the season. Yeah, when um, who has a party? Willie Beeman goes to somebody's party at the house. When he gets his like Hummer chopped up. Yeah, when LT Jester bye week. Yeah, LT chops it up. <laughs> oh, it's LT's house. Yeah. Their their D did kind of suck. Unless wait, unless unless the bye was uh, in the playoffs, I don't know. That could be their home field advantage. They get a bye. Uh, I don't know because oh, didn't they have to win in Dallas? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it was in Dallas. Yeah, of course. I think that was the buy. first round. That was yeah. the first round. Yeah, they didn't. Ha- yeah, they didn't have. Uh, they didn't have a bye. I, in, in the um, they had, a, but but they did mention a bye week though. So Rooney played by uh, Dennis Quaid. He, that was him throwing a spiral there because he threw a pretty good ball there. Jamie Foxx. Um, I don't think that was him. I don't think Jamie Foxx was throwing the ball. No, they definitely had long shots when it was Jamie Foxx throwing. They, do you, you know, know who they wanted to play? <laughs> they wanted to play Jamie Foxx. Oh, was it Jamie Foxx or Bill Bellamy? 
Uh, you talk about Diddy? Yeah. Oh, I thought they wanted Diddy to play QB, and they were like, he just couldn't throw a football. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. He got, yeah. Maybe he was a quarterback. I could, I could definitely see able. Puffy not being able to, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't see – he's – he would be a much different character as Willie Beeman. He would he would be like the laid, laid back, I'm way too cool for this kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Where Jamie Foxx was like in your face. I'm still – I'm way too cool for this kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I could definitely see. Yeah, but that was that uh, could not have been him throwing the football a couple of those times when they. I it mean, wasn't. There's one. There's one where it's clearly not him. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Clearly. Um, yeah. but you see, like when he comes into the game, uh, after the second string guy gets hurt, the game's mm-hmm. too fast for him. Mm-hmm. So I was very. I think I. I think I read something where because uh, the the. First scene of the movie. I don't know if it's the first scene of the movie, but the they're in the locker room before the game. Yeah, and it was just way too intense. Like I've never been. I'm not. I've never been in an NFL locker room. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend to be. But it was like I felt like I was like this is too intense. This isn't Nam. And then I read an interview with Oliver Stone, and he said like that's kind of what he was, <laughs> what he was going for. Like they're going out to war. <laughs> Wait, which... it was just it was just too much. It's the. C- because the game starts, or the movie starts, and they're in the game. It's like it's the, the first scene is when uh, Cap gets hurt, right? Uh, is it halftime then? Is it halftime, or is it the locker room before the next game? It might be halftime. There's a cu- there's there, there's a couple there's a couple scenes in the locker room, and it does get crazy. Um, the one where the guys got to take a shit. Yeah. They all kind of blend together now that I'm thinking about it. But, yeah, you're right. It is The way it's shot is, like, completely chaotic. It's, you know, here's this guy getting, you know, an IV. Here's this guy's, you know, setting, you know, bone. I don't know what's going on. But here's this guy talking to, you know, Matthew Modine about something. Yeah. Um, here's coach doing his thing, and here's this coach doing his thing. Um, yeah, I could – that's – you're right. That's a great call. If you, if I did not pick up on that, but yeah, that's definitely a uh, like like an apocalypse now type. Yeah, of, yeah. That Oliver Stone's fingerprints all over it. A cu- yeah, a couple Oliver Stone uh, like career guys in this movie. Uh, the reporter, what's his name? Uh, he's in he's in a million Oliver Stone movies. Uh, cigar. Yeah. John. Uh... McGinley, 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 yeah, McGinley, McGinley, McGinley. Scrubs, right? The Scrubs guy. Yes, yeah. But he was, um, uh, he's in a bunch. He he was in he's in a bunch of Oliver Stone movies. And Modine obviously is in uh, Modine, Modine, McGinley. Modine, I think it's Modine. Uh, he was, and he was in um, Platoon. They're both in Platoon. Oh no, he was in uh, not Platoon. Modine no, he, was. Yeah, he was in Platoon. Thousand Yard Stare. Yeah. Yeah. I think McGinley was in Platoon also. Was he? I don't know Platoon as well. Platoon is uh see I was I almost confused Platoon and Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal yeah, Jacket's then Ofrio. Yeah, Platoon. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, McGinley's one of those guys. I it's funny, I think of him when I see him, I think of Scrubs. I've never even seen an episode of it. Oh, he's in a lot, he's in a lot, man. 
He's yeah. oh yeah, he's in a ton of shit. He's uh yeah, but I can't like like I can't think of I can't think of anything off the top of my head. That's he's a he's a rem- uh, rememberable face. Everything else yeah. is forgettable though. His work <laughs> is forgettable. <laughs> um yeah, no. Oh, cool J comes across a little poor in this movie. Selfish prick. Yeah, no, I was I'm actually looking watching it. I was surprised he took the role. Cause you know, you don't want to look that bad, but he was yeah, selfish. Um also case of the fumbles at some point. That fumble at the end, they blame the coach on it for getting conservative. They blame Pacino, but I don't know, yeah. you know. It was the offensive coordinator wanted to call a pass, and Pacino kind of overruled him and said, "Just run the ball." It was third down. Yep, that's was that's on LL, man. You, you put the ball, you put the ball on the on the floor, man. Don't yeah. put the ball, don't put the ball on the ground. All right, listen, real quick. Fourth um, loss in a row. McGinley. Yeah, McGinley, not McGinley. 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 Uh, ninety-one, ninety-one. He was in Point Break. Oh, right. He's the Fed, yeah. 95, he was in 7. 96, he was in The Rock. The Rock? He was in The Rock? He was... Yep. Oh, he was one of Ed Harris's guys? I Had believe so. Yeah, 99, he was in Office Space. Wow, Office Space. Oh, he was, okay. He was in Get Carter, the uh, Stallone movie. Yep. Um, Mickey Rourke. And he's in a he's in a lot of shit after that, but nothing that we would be in. But yeah, he was in a lot of those nineties mainstays. Um where oh he was in Wall Street also, Platoon, Wall Street. Right, sorry, I forgot to do the whole So he had uh, a nice run. Yeah. Yeah, in Wall Street he's uh he's a coworker with um Charlie Sheen. Right, right, okay. Yeah. So yeah, he had a good run. I mean, he's at a, I mean, he's still working today. Still grinding out that rent money, Kanish. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you get yeah. Cameron Diaz as the owner, trust fund baby. Who do you think is the character-wise, not like the worst character, but like least morals, like the w- biggest a-hole jerk off? In the movie, not including Drew Rosenhaus, who's who makes a little appearance. <laughs> not including Drew Rosenhaus. Uh, least, uh, I mean, you're kind of laying it up for me, but is it? I don't know. Is it? Is it Cameron Diaz's character? What's her name? Paganacci. Yeah, no, I don't think it was her. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm just running. Through. I mean, James Woods is pretty bad. We touched on him. Yep. I, yeah. I don't think it's him either. The worst m- morals you're saying? Uh, yeah. More, yeah. Compromise morals and zero integrity and how they treat people and everything. Charlton Heston? Commissioner? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> nice. It just shows up for two. Was he in anything besides the end of it? I don't think so. No, he shows up at the end, right? And yeah, it's not, it's not Elizabeth Berkeley. No, she's just making a living. Yeah, grinding out something. 
he's uh, Pacino might have like it's not a very quotable movie and like the one quote that stood out was when I what is she trying to explain to him like how big Jamie Foxx is getting his character's getting yeah mm-hmm. some with the music videos yeah and yeah. he just shakes his head and he's like I'm glad I'm old <laughs> check, check all right <laughs> yeah he's a writer out of check <laughs> right check yeah I mean, there's only so many times you can come up to him and he's going to say no. I mean, he passed. He did the moral thing. Yeah, but I mean, uh, what else has he got going on? Can't even make a phone call. He gets drunk, can barely make a phone call. Yeah. Guy's a football lifer, you know? He chose that over his family. That's it. That's one of the sacrifices. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's time-consuming. And there you go, Aaron Eckhart, he's probably one of these uh, – yeah, he's like the Sean McVay. Yeah, he's a he's a Madden guy. He's a analytics guy. Yeah, good luck like, winning yeah. with him. Yeah, he's not no, gonna know when to call a timeout. No, nah, my money's on Arizona when they play him next year. Arizona <laughs> Aztecs, whatever. Al was New going Mexico. No, nah, to me, I think the worst of them all is Lauren Holly's character. Cap's Cap's wife. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah, she's, she's, she's kind of. She's horrible. Yeah. Quit. Doesn't she, doesn't she want him? See, she. I, not that she's forgettable. She's not forgettable. Cannot forget her, Mary no. Swanson. But um, <laughs> swimmy, swimmy. Yeah. Does so she wants him to play through the injury? Right. Yeah, but she's doing it in like kind of a, just a miserable kind of way. It's really pushing it i mean he's hurt he could barely he's kind of scared for his uh for himself and she's just pushing him out there now al kind of did the same thing when he went over to his house but you kind of expect that from your coach right um and also yeah, he knew I mean, he also al knew time was up he knew when to pull the plug and say all right you thanks for everything you did go on your merry way like but he also he got everything out of him and then sent him on his merry way squeeze every bit out of him Lauren Holly, I think, just literally. Know. Yeah, I mean, he was done. <laughs> yeah, I left left it all on the field, man. Yep. Uh, Lauren Holly, on the other hand, I mean, you know, to me, for her, that's like his, that's her meal ticket, and she's just pushing him out there. When you have to think that she's taken care of, though, no. Yeah, I mean, she's but, acting like. Was she even really flipping? I mean, when when they're over at her house, what what was she doing? Was she helping out? She fucking even did she even bring a drink to to Al? I remember his cat yelling for. Her. Yeah, she's just one of those, she's a trophy wife. Useless. Well. Except for the trophy part. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a first place trophy forever. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that is for sure. I'll take Ann Margaret over anyways. Well, she could put him back, you know. That's a that's that's a that's first place trophy, lifetime achievement award right there. Oh yeah, like we're we're a little too young for for Anne Margaret, but if I feel like Anne Margaret falls into the category, like if you grew up with her, yeah, and you're in the eight, you're within like ten to fifteen years of her, always hot, and you have a chance. Any yeah, exactly. Eighty years old, you don't care because you got it. Got it. Grew up with her in a time where, yeah, for us, it's like Pam Anderson. Like, I don't care how, all right, she's not what she used to be. Like, I don't care. It's Pam Anderson. 
Baywatch, yeah. 90s, like it's Pam Anderson. Yeah. Yasmin Bleeth. Trying to think she fell Ooh, off. Ooh, she, she fell off big that's time. Why, I that's mean, why. you probably, yeah. Like, she like, a, like fell off to the point where she's like a meth head. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not at liberty to say any of like the specifics of what I'm about to say, but I do know somebody. He's a friend of a friend uh-huh. who, who banged um, uh, celebrity like from the, from the New York scene in the 70s. Okay. Um, and it was like, I don't even, I'm not really sure he knew that she was, but apparently he regretted it. <laughs> really? And somebody who like definitely, you, you look back, like when I heard the name, I was like, damn, like that's amazing. Um, and then you kind of look, look her up now or like whenever that happened. Um, I, I I I don't even remember I don't even remember who it was right now, but I, like I said, I'm not even at liberty to say. But it was somebody. Ooh, that, the, wait, you talking about we're talking about the the celebrity? Yeah, I don't even remember who the celebrity was. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I remember being like, "Oh, we got to get that name." Yeah, we will. We'll, we can talk offline about it, but um, yeah, <laughs> um, it's not not my story to tell, not my place to tell it, but uh, but still, to me, it was very cool. Uh, I think he might have needed a couple of shots afterwards, though. Like penicillin, tetanus shots. Something. Some va- vaccinations. Yes, if you believe nice, in that kind of thing. <laughs> nice measles shot, yeah. <laughs> Just in case. <clears throat> so he didn't know at the time who she was, found out after the fact. He, he, he might have, but I'm not sure. I'm not, for, I'm not 100% sure that he did know. I mean, I think I think he's fine. It's it's hey, women do it all the time. They sleep with guys for you know social status or just to say, you know, they did. He went. He bl- broke the glass ceiling. <laughs> yes, something like that. Good yeah, for I'll him. Get, I'll get. I'll try to get the name for you, and I'll report back. <laughs> and if. Uh, Anybody luck? We could have we could have the person who is at liberty to say and get him get him on. Oh yeah, I want that tell. story for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and Margaret on the list. Yeah, no, she's on she's on the short list for, for sure. sure. And Margaret's sure. nice for sure. Certain generation. <laughs> um, still kicking, still going. Oh yeah. Who was uh, the best? Well, the only, the only real athletes that had full time roles were LT and Jim Brown, right? I mean, nobody else. Yeah, major lasted. roles. It would be, it'd be those two guys, I yeah. guess. I mean, all, all the, the other guys were kind of just cameos. Yeah, all the coaches were ex players, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe I meant I meant to bring it up before, but when I brought up the the playoff game, but. I was looking at Dallas's coach, and I was like, I know that guy. I was like, who yeah. is that guy? And I had to look it up. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Johnny Unitas. That's, yep. you forget 1999, how long ago it was. So Johnny U at that point was, I don't know, if I had to guess, like 70. Like, he wasn't yeah. that old, late looked 60s, good, early yeah. 70s. Yeah, he did look Looks, good, man. He looks bright. That's why, like, I consider, I mean, not to be, not to sound dark, but I consider Johnny Unitas basically to be like, 110 years old like yeah. dead and gone george mike right and he died actually young he died uh 
it looks like in 02, so it wasn't that long after this. So oh, he wow. was 66 yeah. when this was wow. when this was filmed. So mm-hmm. that's why, like, I, I, you don't think of Johnny Unitas alive, to be honest. Like, no, no, not like Stallback. Johnny Unitas, not like Stallback. No, no, that's not Stallback. Uh, Warren Moon. Yep, Warren Moon. He coached one of the teams. The New York, Houston, the, maybe. The oh, New York. The rain. Yeah. Dick Buckus is. Big very line. not PC Dick Buckus. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Had line. some choice words before you. Uh, yeah. uh, who else was in it? Uh, I think that's it for the coaches, right? No. Their coach for missing. Well, Barry Switzer was in it, but not. He was in the booth. Oh, he's in the coach. booth, right? Um, Who's the play-by-play guy that's drinking in the in the movie? That's Oliver Stone. Oh, okay. <laughs> was he drinking? I don't remember him drinking. Jeez. Yeah, early on in the movie. I like a play-by-play guy that drinks. I think that should yeah. be something that would really add something to the broadcast. Oh, yeah, we've talked about it for sure. Yeah, we need yeah, we need Ravi drinking. Oh, Y.A. Tittle was a, was a coach. Oh, okay, Y.A. Tittle. Bob St. Clair. Y.A. Tittle, another guy who might as well be George Mikan. Uh, Bob yeah, St. Why Tittle? That's just like a crazy blast from the past. Uh, Bob St. Clair and Pat Toomey were the other coaches. Hmm. Oh, Pat Toomey was on Y.A. Tittle's staff. All right. There you go. Legends. Yes. Legends of the game all over the place. Is Y.A. Tittle still alive? No, there's no way. One of the classic pictures. No, why Tito was like playing in the Giants Colts games in like the fifties. He died in 2017 at 90 years old. Wow. Yeah. He was around for a while. Was he a? He was a quarterback, right? He was. Yeah. And I know he played for the. I know he played for the Giants, but who else did he? Uh, yeah, he played for, who else he played for? Colts. Uh, was it the Colts? Yeah. He's got yeah, a he was, of, he was pre-Super Bowl era, so that's. Well, his, his classic, he's got the, like, one of the classic, uh, photos of names. all time. Is on his, no, what, is on his knees, <laughs> blood on his face in the, like, in the end zone. Nobody around yeah. him. Um, Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, pretty cool. He's able to get all those names for the opposing coaches. I, I I think that's the biggest appeal of the movie is all the names. That's what I'm, that's why I said at the top. Like, all right, maybe it's not oh, one yeah. of the best. It's not Rudy, but it's just a it's a constant who's who. Like, if you're going because this movie comes out in '99, so the internet isn't really what it is. You're not. You've probably seen a trailer, if that. Like, mm-hmm. You don't know everyone that's going to be in this movie. So as a fo- if you're like a diehard football fan, you're sitting there for – it's a pretty long movie. I mean, it's over two and a half hours. You're sitting there for almost three hours, and you keep getting hit with, like, guy after guy after guy. It's kind of cool, you know, if you're a fan of the sport. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they they do pretty good. They do pretty good with like the football scenes too. It is a lot though. Even even as Die Hard, it is a long movie. Oh, it's it, yeah, it's it too is, long. It, it is a lot. 
I'm not sure what the appeal is like for uh, an outsider. Oh, the outsider. I don't know what the appeal is. I'm just talking a diehard football fan. Yeah. Like seeing United, that's worth right there. That's worth it. Yeah. I mean, the t- there is the talent. I mean, there's plenty of talent to, to kind of make, to keep you interested. But just but yeah, I mean, you got Alan Quaid. And, yeah. I mean, Fox is a, is a future, uh, is a future um, Oscar winner. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Eckert, it's, you know, it's a nice career. Lauren Holly, McGinley. I mean, it's a good. It's no, it's it's loaded. It really is loaded. It's a mixed bag of everything. Charlton yeah. Heston shows up. Yeah, the Heston part. I had to, like look through the cast uh, beforehand, and uh, was like, "Oh, Charl- I don't remember him being in this at all." Like what? And then he shows up and he says like two thing, like two words, and that's it. <laughs> Goes on his that's it. Way. He's the commissioner. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of the movie that I didn't really remember. I just remember the basics. Mm-hmm. That was it. Uh, yeah. Um, great use of DMX in the movie. Yes, uh, the 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 whole soundtrack is pretty stellar. I that part I had forgotten, and I wonder if it's because I'd seen a lot of it on the cable, which I yeah, can't imagine how this movie plays on cable at all. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, it is a great soundtrack. There's a lot of rap, a lot of, a lot of classic rock, and he mixes it up pretty well. Some jock jams type stuff shows up. <laughs> it's, um, it's a pretty stellar uh, soundtrack. Yeah. No, definitely for sure. Did you, I, they've used that um, Pacino uh, speech at Yankee games before, right? At some point? Um I don't know. May uh probably. Been a while maybe. Yeah, I probably. They've they've definitely used it. They've definitely used it at arenas and stadiums. They have to. Yeah. Too good not to. It's a little yeah. more it's actually it's a little more subdued. He gets into it, but I mean, he starts off by saying like, "Builds." It builds up. Yeah, it definitely builds. He's like a, he's kind of, he's kind of um, like a confessional form because he's kind of saying, "Oh, I fucked up a million times in my life," but you know, I, what I do know is what happens on this field, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it does. He gets it, their it, attention. He it, opens his heart. He gets their attention. It, it does build. Those guys will run through a wall for him. Oh, yeah. It's tremendous. Tremendous speech. Yes. Yeah, can't beat it. Yeah, it's it's definitely on the short list of uh, of hype videos at a you know, sporting event. That, you know, Rocky 2. Rocky um, Balboa has played a lot. Rocky 2 um, win is probably the best one you can... Nothing's better than that. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, You're having a bad day. You watch that. You want to get hyped. Rocky 2. Rocky 2 is the best one, yeah. Yeah. The Rudy speech is short and sweet. The Rudy speech. um, Oh, at the end? Yeah. Oh, actually, for a guy who's a miserable character, that's a great speech. 
Yeah, it's, it's straight, straight into the point. Dan yeah, Devine straight into the it. point. Yeah, he yeah. sucks. Well. Yeah, you're right. Um, what else? Well, Belushi and Animal House. <laughs> yeah, underrated. Probably underused. I heard that one at a minor league game one time. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is some other good speeches? Oh, uh, I'm sure I can't think of it specifically, but I'm sure that there's one in Major League. Um, well, they have the one where, uh, I don't know. Is there a good one in Major League? It's got to be. I don't know. Hmm. Lou Brown? Or uh, is it Lou Brown that gives it? Or what's his face? Tom Berenger. Jake Taylor. Lou Brown doesn't give a good one? He gives a couple. He's he's kind of like more subdued, Lou Brown. Well, at times. Hoosiers. He gives himself a heart attack. Hoosiers Hoosiers is one that has been played at that Yankee Stadium. Yeah, Hoosiers is good. Um, Oh, the one from Miracle, uh, Herb Brooks. Never saw a Miracle. I, I saw it once, but I know that one's. I've definitely seen that play at the stadium. Clear mind, full hearts. That's uh, Friday Night Lights. I never. Or, uh, did I see that? I may have seen that movie once. That's from the TV show. Oh, yeah. never, never saw the TV show. Oh, I'm looking it up now. Ducks fly together. <laughs> uh. Ducks fly. Is that a good? He gives a good speech, Emilio, at the end of the Mighty Ducks. No, I think it, it's. Yeah, Coach Bombay motivates a group of preteen ducklings who are down a few points by points uh, goals by noting their character outweighs how they play. He says it's you got to do better than that. Like yeah, uh, if I want to come back, the run, the rundown itself not very good. Um, let's see what else we got. Everybody gets one chance to do something great. That's uh, Legends Never Die. That's the Bambino. Sandlot? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Major League Two. Major League Two. I'm trying to think what what scene it is. That's... uh... (laughs) Maybe it's when Jake said that. Is it when Jake says that Lou's not going to make it at the end? <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually Lou when he's uh, where he goes on to explain uh, they'll need a winning streak to hold any shot at a title. Then he goes on. Oh to yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> it has been done before. Wow, this is. Um, I mean, this this list gets into it. There's a speech. Have you seen Have you ever seen the movie Pool Hall Junkies? Uh, I mean, once a long time ago. Is that uh, Christopher Walken? Yeah, Walken and Chaz, and a bunch of nobodies. And uh, yeah, there's a, a speech about lions that Walken gives. 
They've done that at stadiums. They've put that on the board. No, no, no. This is not on a board anywhere. This is just classic speeches from from sports movies. Oh, okay. And they went they went deep into the they went deep into the archives. <laughs> deep into the annals. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Um, is, there, uh, is there any locker room speeches, like in real life, that we know about that are, like, famed and celebrated? I think the one from Miracle is. Well, that's I, real, that's, was, I think it was real. Oh, okay. I have no idea though. Uh, lock. Well, uh, who gave the speech? Jason Hayward, uh, the rain delay in the 2016 World Series. Oh yeah, famously. That's yeah, worth everything. If they make a movie, they're gonna have to put that in there. Yeah, and just overdo it, make it just completely fabricate the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Legendary like speeches that led to I don't know. Yeah, well, I have to think about that. Who who's who's Rudy quoting? That's Newt Rockney. That's like that's real. That's like on tape. He's like when he's like practicing the speech when he's a kid. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it'd have to be before a big. <laughs> Not for nothing. Andy Andy Reid from a couple weeks ago, when time when it gets grim, be the grim reaper. It's pretty good. Yeah, spur of the moment. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, but yeah, you never. I mean, you you always once in a while you'll hear about a guy making a pregame speech, but it doesn't have the same effect as it does in the movies when you're actually seeing it. Yeah, sometimes they'll show it. Like during March Madness, I feel like they'll show. A, a pregame speech. Oh, they're go, kind of yeah, they're kind of forgettable. They'll go into the locker. Yeah, maybe it's not even. Yeah, it'd be like a not even. It would be like a like a conference championship, like a conference. Yeah, it could be game. something like that. Yeah, yeah, they'll go right into the locker room. Yep, not very good. No, they're usually nothing. They're usually nothing special. No. Who do you think? Who do you think gives the best? pregame speech in the business right now any sport not not pregame because that was yeah it could be halftime who gives the best hype speech any sport in the business right now that's tough well i'll try and narrow it down to football just because that's the type of sport where you can really pump someone up okay uh best pregame hype speech First guy that pops into my head is Mike Tomlin. Okay. He All just right. seems like a guy who gets his who gets his players to just run through a wall for him. Yeah. Leave it all out there. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anybody out there who's like a really smooth like Tomlin's a fiery guy. Is there anybody out there who you consider like a smooth operator, like good with words that you know could just crank out a good speech? I'm going to say Ron Rivera. 
Gives a good Ron Rivera. <laughs> All right, maybe. You don't think so? Disagree? Did he give one? Did he or did was there a post game speech he gave this year that uh, people caught? Probably the cameras caught. Maybe, not that I remember specifically. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't have my money on any of the newer guys, no. the Shanahan's or McVeigh's. I, I don't, no. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't bet my life on them. Uh, I don't know. A lot, a lot of these coaches are kind of dipshits. I don't even know. Vrabel, think he was a good one. Vrabel, see, Vrabel seems like a guy that you could. De- definitely get you to put your head through a wall, run through a cement wall for that guy. Vrabel's probably a good one. Mm. You think the Harbaugh's give good speeches? Yeah, definitely. I'm sure. I'm sure they do. They probably do. The Harbaugh's are kind of babies, but kind of. I also kind of like them. <laughs> Who's given the best locker room speech this Sunday? Let's start. I'll go. Or is this the only football, only Super Bowl thing we talk about? I mean, vegan. I don't. I. I don't think any of the, either of these guys <laughs> are getting me. Zach Taylor and Sean McVay. Yep. I I think I would take Taylor by default. By default, yeah. Only because Mc, I don't know, McVeigh seems get his dad down there to make a speech. Tim McVeigh <laughs> might have to get. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Tim McVeigh will get the guys ready to roll, but I don't know. Uh, well, let me okay. Let, one more comparison. Um, do you think Brian Dayball or Mike McDaniel gives a better pregame speech? <laughs> McDaniel's like a stoner. Like McDaniel, there's no way McDaniel's like a rah rah yelling, yelling you, guy. You got I look, you guys, you made fun of the Giants coach for looking like a member of the Third Reich or whatever. I mean, you guys got you know the tofu eating kale shake, uh, fucking guy. You, hey, he's, he's coming with his Yale. He's coming with his Ivy League diploma, and he's gonna fix Tua. Welcome, welcome to 2022 in the NFL, man. This is going to suck. There's and no, he's, I, I mean, and he's like multiracial, so we 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 fulfilled our our, our Rooney rule. <laughs> we're pro, we're progressives. He just he he feels like a goof, man. <laughs> he feels like a total goof. Uh, I don't know. You confident, Mikey Mac? No, I, I don't. I'm never confident in a coordinator. No, no, they're, no, no. They're they're coordinators until proven guilty. <laughs> coordinators <laughs> until proven otherwise. Right. Yes. Um. You're Todd Bowles until you prove anything else. Yeah, I would. I would not be excited about it. <laughs> you. He's got a little personality, which, you know, better than most. He does have personality. But the thing with personality is it could get very old very quick. Um, yeah, well, the, the losing. best thing I could hope for is a new owner. It's, that's all I want. Yeah. 
Yeah. Forget about the coach. <laughs> Lovey Smith back. Yeah, Lovey with his magnificent beard is back. I, I I forgot he was even with the Texans. Like, didn't their defense stink this year? I mean, they just stunk all around. They hired within. That's usually you go like three and fourteen. You usually don't hire within. <laughs> No, but I mean, unless you plan to go on three and fourteen again. No, I mean it's probably like a PR stunt, if anything. Like we're not racist. Is Lovey Smith? You think, <laughs> you think Belichick gives a decent pregame speech? Belichick's very like meat and potatoes to the point. No emotion. I don't see a. Emo- he shows more emotion in his text messages. <laughs> I don't, I don't see Belichick yelling. He'll yell on the field when you got to yell, but I don't know. Pre-game? I bet he gets a little hyped up. Yeah, I guess we'll never know, but I, I don't see him getting too emotional. Andy Reid, he's got to give a good one. Andy Reid, yeah, he's been doing it so long just by – he he's got to be good. Just comes with experience. Yeah, he's he, so he's he's got personality too. Yeah, he's got personality. Guys like him. He's probably like a, you know a little bit of a player's coach. Yeah, knows how to talk to him. Gets a few laughs. Yeah, exactly. Loosens loosens them up a little bit. Yeah, make sure the make sure the locker room is loose. Big spot. Yeah, he probably gives a good one. Hmm. There's so many new coaches now. It's like, yeah, nine new ones. All right, all right. We'll do a couple more um, old school ones. All right. Um, well, I know Vince Lombardi was. Good. We won't go that old school. Vince was. Oh yeah, Lombardi, sure, of course. Yeah, sure, oh, Lombardi shit. was good. Uh, wait. Okay. Don Shula or Bill Walsh? Don Shula or Bill Walsh for a pregame speech? Yeah. Man, neither of those guys like seem like big pregame speech guys. No, I know, but I'm sure they it's the 70s and the 80s, man. I'm sure they got into it. I, I would go young Shula. All right. Okay. I think Young Shula crank out a crank out a good speech when he has to. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you a guy who I know just because he's got the personality for it. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson probably gave a great pregame speech. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Jimmy did. That's a great call. Definitely. Um, he just he just yeah he had. He had an it factor about him. Guys loved him. Oh, well, except Jerry Jones. Couldn't wait to get rid of him. But everyone else loved him, I think. And he plus he was he, he was a college coach. I feel like college coaches have to for so I don't know why. I feel like college coaches have to give a good pregame speech. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why. That's uh, those are like the yeah, guys. Always, those are rah rah guys. You have to be rah rah. In college, it works on college. A lot of t- sometimes a rah rah guy could 
in the at the professional level kind of fall on deaf ears. Mm. I'll give you like a baseball guy who a perfect example of that, mm-hmm. Bobby V. His rah-rah oh, stuff yeah. worked on the Mets, but then when he went to the Red Sox, a veteran team, they were like, they couldn't wait to get this guy out of there. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, John Madden or Bill Parcells? That's two, two real different guys. Madden seems like a very much a player's coach, and Parcells, not so much. Um yeah, I was talking about. I was talking about the. I think I would. I think I'd go. I think I would go Madden, just because. I mean, we know Madden more as the announcer. We don't know him as a coach, but the guy did know how to string some words together. All right. He seems like he'd come. They're always there's always like you know urban legends whether they're true. I watched the Madden documentary, the one that aired on Christmas. I watched it recently, mm-hmm. and like he he just had a way of talking to people. That that's like the biggest takeaway I got from it is he just knew. Just knew how to talk to you, but like some of the analogies he would make, just out of left field. I think he'd be <laughs> a good pregame speech guy. Parcells is probably just like fuck this and fuck like a lot of f bombs from Parcells. Like fuck those guys. Like probably works. Probably effective. Sure. Probably like a lot of hate coming out of Parcells before a game. Um, Bill Cower or Tom Coughlin. Oh man, <laughs> I think I uh, yeah, I might go Cower. Yeah, Cow. I think Cower is a favorite here, but Coughlin is a little bit on a dog. Could do a could do a good job with the mic. Yeah, it's it's funny because Cower, like right into Tomlin, they're very similar. Yep, I think very rah rah. Just like veins popping out of their necks. Mm-hmm. Cower, though, you just know. You just know Cower can deliver a good one. Yeah. No, he's growling and just just pressing the right buttons. Yeah. I don't think I have any more. You see Cower on the sidelines, like these old Super Bowls. He was, he was mic'd up for both Super Bowls he coached in. Yep, yep. And you're like, oh, man, yeah, you no way you're not playing for that guy. Yeah. All right. Um, I got one more. That one more for it. Not not an exciting matchup. All right. Uh, Marv Levy or Tony Dungy. Ugh. <laughs> I go Dungy only because wasn't he a preacher or something or a son of a preacher? Oh, is that? Yeah, maybe. Yep. Something about those. Mar- I don't see Marv Levy being that inspiring. Some about those like little old guys like Levy and like uh, Joe Gibbs. Some about those guys that I, I feel like they could get some inspiration. I feel like they could kind of. Uh, you never know. Them. I mean, you yeah. never really know. No, I know. I mean, they did it for so long. Those guys are so successful for so long. I feel like they have to have some kind of quality in the locker room. Um, so I think they could. I'll give you a guy who probably gives like a very like un maybe untraditional yeah. pregame speech, but Dick Vermeil probably oh, starts crying like halfway. Yeah, yeah he probably the most emotional. As a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> cried at any give him any reason to cry. 
Yeah, I think his players probably play well, like, out of fear. Like, we got to win for this guy. I mean, if he's crying now, if we go out there and get shut out, he's yeah. be inconsolable. Yes. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, that's all I got, I think. Unless you wanted to go back to the 60s. <laughs> no, it's, it's Lombardi and that's it. Yeah. <sighs> Although, I'm sure... George House did a nice job. Chuck Noll. Yeah, it was probably, yeah. We romanticized those times. I bet you those guys did give good, pretty good speeches. Yeah, and at that point of time, it was, I mean, yeah, geez, probably changed so much over time, too. I can't, like, like what the fuck was these? What? what what do you got to say to the modern athlete, the millionaire athlete today? I mean, you wouldn't be saying nearly the same thing. No. The guys who are grinding out a living, uh, you know, 50 years ago. No, and like the, they're playing for bonuses in the Super Bowl and shit. Like it was easy to motivate those guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That guy's trying to take food off your table. Now it's everyone's a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of pride. A lot of, lot of team stuff. Guy next year, kind of what, kind of like what Al was doing. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh. Yeah. That. Jeez. Much different. Much different approach to motivating your players. Oh yeah. I, I feel Big like time. I feel like a lot of guys probably more. I'm not, I'm not saying a lot, like the majority, but a lot more guys now just kind of block out what the coach is saying half the time. Yeah. I wonder how many people buy into these things. The speeches? Yeah. Uh, talk about players? Players now, yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It depends. I mean, these guys, like – you shouldn't need a speech to motivate you or to get you up, but and also I feel like it kind of depends oh, Dick, on a lot. Dicka probably Dicka probably gives a good. Oh yeah, of course. Dicka's yeah, probably Dicka. similar to Parcells, where it's just very profanity laced. <laughs> yes, you can't. He'd get if if a Dicka speech, you know, before a big game in the eighties came out, you'd probably get canceled. There'd be <laughs> there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of language in it that people would. Like. <laughs> uh, they would like it in the eighties though. Just now they wouldn't like it. No, right now they wouldn't like it. Yeah. But yeah, we don't, you don't want the transcript of a dick uh, pregame speech. No, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Or sideline during the game. Nothing really. You don't want any. You don't want a mic in there, Dicka. <laughs> uh, or at dinner after the game. No, nah, after a few browns. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I would love to be flying the wall, but it's a whole. I'm not. I'm not going to rat him out either. Yeah. No. Nah. Uh. All right. Well. With that being said, we'll have our, we'll have our pregame speeches on Thursday ready to go. Motivate you, the gambler, the listener. To go out there and win, win, win this Sunday. It's uh, the last one before you can lose it all in March Madness. So uh, mm-hmm. tune in on Thursday. Um, 
Thank you as always for spending the time with us here at Sunday Four. We'll talk to you then. And yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch up to you in a couple days with the Super Bowl preview. Until then, peace. That didn't realize until yesterday. I don't have backup headphones for this purpose. I just have the yeah. their headphones, and I gotta have them at work because uh, we do like meetings on the computer, and this is the only headphones I plug into the computer. So, gotcha. Uh, yeah. So I uh, hope our fans aren't too disappointed. They gotta wait until Wednesday morning now to hear us. But that's uh, all right. They'll be Survive. okay. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I didn't get one text message though. That much. <laughs> They're probably you... just sitting there hitting upload. That's true. Yeah, refresh, refresh, Re- refresh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, catch any of the Nets tonight? <laughs> no, I did not watch the Nets. They I was were down, watching UConn. They were down uh, like 30. 20, 28 too. I saw. Oh, yeah, it was not, It was ugly, man. That's about as long as I lasted. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Get the ramp back out there. All bets are off. Yeah. Yeah, the drama with this team is not – I mean, we should have saw it coming, right? Yeah, no, it's it's, yeah, it's, just, it's part of it. It's all part of it. It's the yeah. NBA. It's just amazing that the guy hard and, like, just slumped his way out of Houston like a year and a half ago, and I was doing the same here. Like, it's crazy. Like, what does the guy fucking want? Pre-game speech play. is not going to work on James Harden. I'll tell you oh, that. Oh no, he tunes out Nash. He would tune out. He would tune out Dicka. He'd probably <laughs> cancel Dicka. He would. He yeah. Cancel him. I was like, oh, this guy said the F word twice today. Yeah. In the same sentence. <laughs> nah, yeah, I was watching college before Auburn went down. Number one team went down mm. in overtime. Arkansas. And Duke lost yesterday. Duke lost the buzzer yesterday. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Nova just beat St. John's. UConn beat Marquette. Uh, Wisconsin, big road win in Michigan State tonight. Uh, that's about it. All right. Trucking along. About less than a month. What's today? Uh, the eighth. No, about, about, I think it's five weeks from her. Uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a month. This Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, will be a month till Selection Sunday. So that's not bad. That's not terrible. No. Uh, just, yeah, let's manage it. We've, we've done it before. We'll do it again. Piece of cake. Think about uh, how quick it is from Thanksgiving to Christmas. That's different. There's football between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I know, but it's the same amount of time, though, technically. No, but we have football. I mean, we have football four nights a week. Gotta get creative and pass the time. I'm just I'm just saying it seems easier. That there's a reason. Pick pick your sport of choice. That's what I'm gonna say. Pick your sport of choice. You got three options this time of year. I know. And I one know. of them is not spring training baseball. <laughs> and so pick knowledge. your sport of choice. It's getting Either ugly. basketball or NHL. It's getting ugly in baseball, man. You yeah, still, it's still optimistic. I'm optimistic there will be a season of some sort. 
Okay, but you're not on time. One sixty two, waning. It's it's they're tested. It's being tested. Okay, all right. I okay, still not confident. One forty, under one forty. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> under one forty. So that means they would start. Probably late April, early May. Yeah. I'm going to say, I, I think I got to set it like one, the under would have to be like 135 maybe, if it's going to be around there. I mean, it's still all right, I guess. So we put all the money on the Dodgers if it's a shortened season? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, that's what, you, that's what you should do, yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, Thursday, all football, empty oh, yeah. tank, and uh, I'll see you then, buddy. Good all right. Show. See you. Peace.